Hey, Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. In this week's episode, I share with you my amazing supervisors, Lightning and Ladybug, also known as Lauren and Anna. This dynamic duo works for the Girl Scout Council of Northeast Kansas and Northwest Missouri, covering the greater Kansas City area in both Kansas and in Missouri and beyond. I recently met these two in January, blindly walking into an interview to become a part of part-time adventure staff, and I have learned so much about programming and youth development in this area already. Today, we dive into their camp experiences and just scratch the surface on their current camp careers and leadership. So without further ado, let's meet Lightning and Ladybug. Everyone, welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. I am so excited that you both are here with us. Now, I know who you both are, but if you guys wouldn't mind telling us who you are and where you're speaking to us from today, that would be awesome. All right. Yeah, my name is Lauren Bolt. My camp name is Lightning. I am actually, I'm at my house right now, so. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, and that's in Kansas, Kansas City? Correct. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I've got listeners all over the world. So they, they love to know like you're a- anywhere near around about your location. Well, cool. I'm Anna. I'm the adventure program specialist at our Girl Scout Council and I'm coming from Mission, Kansas. It's where I'm calling out of. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited. I've been able to I'm really excited to dive deep into your camp experience and what's brought you to the positions that you guys have today. So thank you so much for being here. You're back as a camper specifically. Where did you all end up going to camp when you were younger? With what organizations and for how long? Yeah, so I grew up... um... My camp experience started through my church, but we own a camp property in Excelsior Springs, Missouri called Camp Donovan. And so that was where I started. Uh, My family uh, was always super involved with camp stuff. And actually my mom was pregnant with me when she was a counselor at camp. So we always make the joke that like, I've been going to camp even before I was born. I was heavily involved with that, you know, as a camper. And then when I got up to the age of 16, I was able to be a counselor in training. So I got to shadow some counselors and then became a counselor and did that for a few years through um, the beginning of college. And then I actually got a job as their lifeguard. So I got to live on site for two years at the camp property. It was like my dream come true. I got paid to be at camp and got to attend all the things and sit by the pool and the lake. And it was super awesome. Decided to be a director for one of our church camps and directed for a few years. That's when Girl Scouts kind of came into my life. And so I was still looking for kind of a job and I was at a job fair and Girl Scouts was there. And I also, I just went over to the booth because they had cookies. I didn't even know exactly what they were selling or whatever. So I went over there because they had peanut butter patties, which is my fave. And that's when they were sharing that they had day camp opportunities, a lifeguard job there. And so I had the certification still. So I lifeguarded for the Girl Scouts starting in uh, 2015. Did that for a couple of years part-time with lifeguard and what we call their adventure staff. So I did like their zip line, rappel, target sports and stuff. And then full-time position that was over adventure staff became available. And I went for it. 
and got it. So then now I've been full-time with the Girl Scouts for five years, worked my way up to now my title is Associate Director of Outdoor Programs. So I kind of help with running all the programs that our council provides on and off our properties. So it's been a whirlwind in the camp world and I wouldn't change it. That's so, so much experience and so great that you were able to bring everything that you had learned from another organization into the Girl Scouts. And that's so awesome. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. I wanted to make sure that I grabbed yeah. a couple of things correctly. You said that you were, you lived on camp while you were lifeguarding. Is that correct? Yeah. During the summer I got to, they had a cabin specifically for our lifeguards. So our church owns the property, but more than just our church youth camps use that property in the summer. So we actually had, you know, we had what's called there's a Camp Moja, which is for special needs individuals. Um, and then there was a bunch of other camps and reunions, family reunions and stuff like that. So yeah, I got to live on camp day and night from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And it was awesome. That's awesome. So was it more of like a resident camp experience or was it more like the staff stayed on camp, but the campers came in the day? Yes. So that is something that's been a change for me is my camp experience with my church was all resident camp. Now working with Girl Scouts, most of our, uh, if not all of our camp opportunities are day camp. So, so it was more residential on the church side. So campers would come for a full week, stay uh, overnight and all of that. But yeah, with Girl Scouts, it's more of a day camp where they come, you know, whether it's a day camp or a twilight camp, but they'll just come for a few hours and then sleep in their own beds at night back at home. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Well, first off, Lauren is just the coolest and I'm (laughs) to work for her, with her, all the things. But my camp background is not quite as extensive, but I grew up outside. I remember like going to my grandparents' house and just spending the entire vacation just being outside. In kindergarten, my mom got roped into being my troop leader. And that's where kind of my love for Girl Scouting and the outdoors kind of kicked off. But we started going on campouts as soon as we were daisies. So as soon as we were old enough and we, our parents had all the trainings that they needed, we were at camp. And from kindergarten all through, all through high school, we did season camps. So we would In the summer, when we were younger, we would go to day camp and then we'd have a troop camp out in the winter at the lodge at Tongawood. And then we would have something in the spring outside, usually tent camping. Most of my outdoor camping experience comes from Girl Scouts. I started, you know, going on troop camp outs and also day camps in the summer. And then as I got older, I became a teen at day camps. And then I did kind of have a bad experience at a day camp and that ended that road for me, but I still, still kept my love of camping and love of Girl Scouts alive and found other ways to be involved. And that's kind of when the shift happened at council to staff run. And so by the time I was in high school and we were doing these activities at camp, adventure staff had come around and they were leading things. And from the first session that we went to with them, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be adventure staff. That looks like so much fun. They get to be out at camp all day, do all these fun activities. That's what I want to do. And so as soon as I turned 18, I texted Lauren, called Lauren, emailed Lauren and MC and was like, hey, I want to work for you. 
and I don't even remember having an interview with them. I just remember being on staff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And before that, they did kind of know who I was because I had gone to their programming. Lauren has been a mentor for me since, like, forever. I went to her programming as a Girl Scout, and now I facilitate her programming, which is really cool. Now I make my own programming, too. But, yeah, so I started out as adventure staff, and then a year ago, a little over a year ago, Lauren texted me. and was like, hey, things are coming out. You need to apply. Keep your eyes on your email. And then I applied, went through the interview process, somehow got this job. And here I am a year later as adventure program specialist, just kind of living my best life, having so much fun at camp and, you know, living in the whirlwind of camp job. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Was Congawood your first camp experience with the Girl Scouts? So it was one of my first. My very first camp experience was actually at Camp Timberlake which is no longer a Girl Scout property. And I'm honestly not sure if it's still a camp. I believe it is. And then as I got older, I started going over to the Missouri side more and kind of exploring the camp schooner side of things. Okay. So you would consider Tonglewood as kind of like a home camp or a camp base, as you had said. Absolutely. And is all of your experience with Girl Scouts mostly day camping? Or did you have any experience in the resident camp world at all? So no, that is something that is just kind of completely foreign to me, to be honest. I was never able to go to resident camp and be a counselor in training, but it was something that always appealed to me. I just never was able to have that experience, but I did do day camps. We did family camping a lot, troop camping. I think majority of my listeners do come from the resident camp world background, but it's good for them to know too that you can have very successful day camp programs, regardless whether you're a day camp or resident camp. So I do appreciate you, you sharing that with us. And also we've mentioned our council quite a few times, but I do have a lot of Girl Scout listeners that are all over the United States. Would either one of you just tell us a little bit about our council facilities that and programming that we serve? Yeah. So our council is Girl Scouts of Northeast Kansas and Northwest Missouri. So we kind of cover a broad area, pretty much all the way from Manhattan, Kansas, which is where K-State's at, up to Maryville, Missouri, which is where Northwest Missouri State University is at. (laughs) And then over to Warrensburg, Missouri, which is where University of Central Missouri is at. I'm not 100% sure how south we go, but it's not, it's pretty much kind of lateral between Uh, Warrensburg to Manhattan and up. And so we cover a wide space. Right now we're serving over 15,000 girls in those areas. And that number is growing every day, thanks to our recruiting team. We have two properties, I guess I should say that too. We have two camp properties, one one on the Missouri side, Camp Prairie Schooner, which we've commented on already. And then obviously Camp Tongawood has been commented on. That's in Tonganoxie, Kansas. So that's on the Kansas side. Our council did used to have like way back in the day, like seven different properties. Um, And then just as time has developed and things like that and money and just people's interest also, we realized we don't need that many properties. And so when actually, when I first got hired on five years ago, we had four different properties and one of them was a residential camp. So we did used to offer residential camping, but our specific council, like it just was not 
serving a lot of girls and we just it, it didn't make sense to continue to offer it day camps were much more popular with with our council so we ended up selling our our residential camp property which was uh, camp daisy and then we used to have another camp property in missouri in the saint joe area that actually had a huge equestrian center we ended up selling that one as well and again it just comes down to money unfortunately um but that's yeah there's that information <laughs> Camp Winding River really had my heart. I'm still so sad that we do not have that camp. <laughs> I Okay, so Winding River was in St. Joe then. Correct. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I mean, I'll comment. I mean, both of the facilities that we have are amazing and have incredible facilities. So sometimes it does help to, you know, reduce the number so that you can offer the best programming and have the best places for your people to go to as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's definitely been one of like been one of the biggest benefits, you know, as much as selling a camp hurts everybody and it's, you know, it's never a fun process, but being able to, the, the pro is like you were saying, you know, being able to now put that money into our current properties and we're constantly thinking of new ways and new programs to bring and we've got some pretty extensive long-term plans for both of our properties that I'm pretty excited about coming down the pike here in the next you know 10 years or so it's a long way but it does, it'll be here before you know it and it's going to have some some really cool programs that we'll be able to provide that's awesome that's so good to hear oh <laughs> I won't bother you about it now but <laughs> I will be I'll be like dropping hints along the way or at least trying to get snippets <laughs> along the way here so great that's that's so good to hear fun fact for you too I was a troop leader for one year in Nomnoster, Missouri which is exactly where our council like hits when you go out east because right in the next town over it was Missouri Heartland. <laughs> oh yeah. That was quite a fun time for us at least. So it was 2019 to 2020. So we oh. did the rest of our troop meetings like all virtually and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. My next question has to do with your camp names. I would love to hear the story behind each of your camp names. My story is pretty quick and painless. Uh, my camp name is Lightning, and my last name is Bolt. So when I first applied for adventure staff and lifeguarding with this council, on the application, they asked for a camp name. And I was like, this was the first time, because again, I grew up, you know, with my church camps and camp names weren't a thing. It's very much a Girl Scout thing. And so this was my first time in the Girl Scout world. And I actually had to text somebody who I knew was a part of Girl Scouts and was like, what do they mean by camp name? And so she kind of explained the process. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just pick my own. And so I went with lightning because I was like, uh, like I said, my last name is Bolt. I'm really, I'm a big fan of lightning and lightning bolt. So I put lightning and nobody ever questioned it. And I haven't looked back. <laughs> awesome. My camp name is Ladybug. Kind of have, I guess, a similar story, not quite similar, but like not an exciting story. When I was a baby, my parents kind of assigned ladybugs to me. Uh, and growing up, my nickname was always Annabug. And it's always kind of been little ladybugs around. And as soon as I was a teen at day camp, I adopted it. My mom was like, that's your camp name. It fits. You should use it. And I did. And I haven't changed it. It feels like cheating every time I think about changing it. Oh, it's a part of you. It's a part of your identity. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those. I appreciate it. Well, 
I have a couple of questions that are more geared towards camp professionals, since this is what you do for your full-time jobs, but what kind of made you want to pursue outdoor education or outdoor programming as a full-time job? Yeah, so I went to school actually to be a PE teacher. Ever since I was in like first grade, I kind of always knew I wanted to do physical education and kind of anything active and in that realm. That's what I actually went to school for and I got my degree in. I will be the first one to admit that school is not my thing. Uh, C's get degrees, you know, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And the certification test to get your certification to teach, when I first started college, it was this specific test. So for the first four years of college, I was aiming for this specific test and they were teaching me, you know, guiding me, coaching me how to take this certain test. And then my senior year, they completely changed it. And it was something completely different. The first time I actually took the new test, they it was so new they didn't even have cutoff scores. They were straight up just like, just go take it so you get a feel for it. The first couple of years out of college, uh, I kind of just did a lot of long-term sub jobs. And then it was actually out right after college is when I got the adventure staff lifeguard position with the council. But again, that was just part-time and all the things. And honestly, I had never even dreamed that I could have a career where I get to work at camp. I mean, I knew that those jobs existed, but I thought it was such a, you know, small amount of those positions exist in the world that I was like, sure, like, it's not going to happen for me, you know? So when I started working as adventure staff, like that was just, you know, on the weekends, that's where I got my cup. That's where I filled my cup. So during the week, I'm doing all these odd end jobs or working full time as, you know, I, at one point I was working at Coco Key Water Park as a sales manager. I am not a salesperson, <laughs> um, but so I was doing all these jobs and doing adventure on the weekends. And then, yeah, like I said, as soon as that position that was over and I got it, so I have not looked back and I tell, I tell people all the time, like, this is, this is my home. Like, this is my career. I'm not going anywhere. Like I will retire with Girl Scouts because it's the dream job I never knew existed. That's so wonderful to hear. Thank you for sharing that. I, I resonate a lot with that because as I work on adventure staff with you all, I do that. I use it for the same reason. I absolutely use this as an opportunity to fill my cup every weekend. I mean, there's just, there's nothing like sending someone off a zip line for the first time just to see their faces light up. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely incredible experience. So I'm so glad that you're able to continue that tradition for other people who are like me so that they can continue to fill their cups as well. What about you, Ladybug? What kind of drew you to the position that you have now? Well, growing up, I always said, oh, I want to work for council. Like, I want to be a Girl Scout my whole life. So this really is like the dream job for me. But um, yeah, I graduated high school, immediately applied for adventure staff, spent summer of 2019 just absolutely loving adventure staff, uh, and then went to college for two years, did adventure staff in the summer, took a gap year, worked through the fall as staff, and then I was waitressing at First Watch through the winter. And then as spring started to pick up, that's when the, the position opened up over adventure staff. And then Lauren let me know that it was open and I applied and here I am. I will say Anna's kind of underselling herself a little bit on her journey because, you know, she, she is very active in the council and 
Um, like she said, she took that gap year. So she was heavily involved with adventure staff, but then she also did any, any kind of outdoor related job she was all for. So there were a couple of times where like property related stuff, if our site managers had to leave, she took over property that weekend, um, helped flip buildings and check people in. I saw your painting job on the tower. I mean, that was incredible. (laughs) And I think one thing that it's worth mentioning too, I mean, you've been in this organization so long, you also earned your gold award as well. I did. Um, So did you want to talk a little bit about that? I, you know, I can, that was quite a journey. I won't lie. So I started working on my gold award, my junior year of high school. And the first project I had, I was so excited for, I was gonna, I was working with a school in India, I was going to send over these recycled mats, uh, and all these things. And then communication just kind of halted. I'm not super sure what happened. But that project just kind of fell apart under me, which was really sad. So I did have to reevaluate. And that project ended up kind of being scrapped as well. So after I graduated, and here's the funny thing about Girl Scouts. So our year does not end until September. So I turned 18 in April and I was technically still a Girl Scout from the time I graduated until that next September. So I had from whenever that last project ended to that September to get my project done. And so I spent basically the entire summer searching for a project reaching out to people and trying to figure out how I could get this done. Um, And then I don't even know how it came about. The Girl Scouts in Lexington, Missouri needed one of their buildings kind of given a facelift. A Boy Scout had come in probably in the 90s and done his Eagle project there. And the building was just kind of falling apart. So I went in and I gave things a fresh coat of paint. I painted some murals because I love art. So completely redid their first aid. So their first aid kit was so outdated. There were things from the 60s in there. Swear, swear. I gutted it. I kind of saved some of the stuff that was like super neat, super antique. I kind of kept it as a little history thing. I restocked and gave them a binder to keep track of what was used, when it was used, when things were bought, when it needs to be replaced, and all the things. I gave the place facelift, did that for them, and as far as I know, it still lives on. It was definitely a learning experience, especially having those two projects that failed, (laughs) having to dig deep and find another one and see if it worked, just see if I could get it done. And thank goodness it did. And now I'm a gold award Girl Scout for life. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like you've used some of those skills that you've learned through your gold award and the job that you have now and with our camps and our properties. So that's awesome. The gold award is something that I will forever champion for. I think it's just so beneficial and it's so, it's such good experience for girls to get. I've been in my new role, the associate director of outdoor programs, such a long title. It sounds silly to say it, but anyway, (laughs) basically where I'm at now is I work with Anna and then we have another uh, person on our team, Cassidy, that we all three work together. And the idea is that I kind of come up with some ideas for programming. They come up with ideas for programming. We work together. 
I don't like talking about myself when it comes to like <laughs> as a boss. <laughs> like it sounds like a, I don't want to. I don't like saying like I have the final say. Like that sounds so intense. Like, but like, we're, I'm very team oriented. Like I'm very. I'm. I preach that that we are all a team and all the things. But there are still processes in place. But anyway, I'm. I'll digress. We work together to create programs and come up with ideas. We just develop programs, whether they're developing off of current programs that we have, for example, archery and zipline and canoeing. And right now we're working on developing a program of the science of those things. So it's kind of an idea where girls come in and they learn the science of zipline and like velocity and all those trigger science words and then actually get to go ziplining. So expanding off of our current programs as well as developing brand new programs. Does that mean, is that something that we can just like hit the ground running and start tomorrow? Or do we need to start bringing in our, our fund development team and getting grants or, you know, what kind of funding do we need to get to expand our programming? Right now we're kind of working, Cassie and I are working together on finding different vendors on doing different summer excursions and being able to just like go somewhere and then have them run the program with us. So for this summer, we're working with a vendor called Big Wild Adventures. We're actually going to drive up to Wyoming and then they have guides that are going to guide us through Jackson, Wyoming, Yellowstone, Grand Teton area, and we get to go backpacking. We're, we're kind of researching different vendors like that where we can just kind of show up and they kind of run all the program for us. We're working on a backpacking, like where we'll just, you know, kind of get a taste test of backpacking and go backpacking for a day. We're working on fishing. My job is really big on developing programs for our girls. There's so many different smaller details that go with that that I won't necessarily dive into right now. But, you know, because GSUSA has safety activity checkpoints that we have to follow, which basically are just like the rules of like, hey, daisies can't go canoeing by themselves but brownies can and certain age levels can't throw knives <laughs> um which mm -hmm. makes sense and stuff like that so working together and making sure we're following those rules but then also being able to still provide awesome programming for our girl scouts yeah programming is definitely like the heart of both of our job i mean it's in both of our titles we also do a lot of customer care so we work very heavily with the volunteers that are in Girl Scouts. Um, any questions that they have about outdoors, any you know issues that they run into, we're the people that they call for help or the people they book activities with. Then we also work really closely with the property side of things. So our site managers, Patrick and Keith, we are working with them almost every single day. I'm sure that things are running smoothly at camp, that, you know, adventure staff has what they need, that our volunteers and our girls have what they need, and that all of our programs at camp have a good place to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you guys are recruiting staff and hiring staff and training staff as well on top of that, too. Put that out there for maybe listeners who aren't familiar with the organization, because they do a really good job of outlying like what each activity should have, what resources you need, what trainings you need, who can do them. I mean, it is a really good resource. So thank you for bringing yeah, that. That is, that is like my Bible on the daily. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I reference that thing every single day. That's I awesome. Open on my laptop for like two weeks recently, like just planning programming and everything. I've just had it open. It's Bible. 
<laughs> when I was in the resident camp world, we had, yeah, binder, a couple of different binders that we would print off. And whenever we were getting ready to do a program, we'd be like, go check the sack, like make sure you've got everything you need. <laughs> Who are some people from camp that have inspired you and how have they done that? Lauren's going to hate it because it's Lauren. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is so cheesy, but it's so true because seriously, even when I was a girl, like Lauren ran the programming. She, I'm pretty sure you were adventure staff for maybe one of my sessions that I did as a girl. I remember going on the journeys. I remember the journey. That was the big one was the outdoor journey at Farmer's Field. That one was fun. Yep. Being on adventure staff, like Lauren is just someone that I super look up to, especially in this role as well. But yeah. <laughs> well, but thank you, Anna. <laughs> I don't take compliments well, but thank you. <laughs> well, I don't typically give you compliments. So here you are. You're welcome. <laughs> there, there you go. There's kind of a handful just because, you know, like I said, I've been doing kind of camp stuff forever it feels like which is crazy because I'm only 32 so I'm not that old but it's been my entire life there's two that stick out so I'll talk about those two the first one her name is Carol McLaughlin she was actually one of our youth ministers for our mission center for our church which is our um, our area it's like it's like the church's council <laughs> she was our youth minister for pretty much my whole my whole life as a camper and so she was at every camp. She was in charge of all the lock-ins that they held and all that. And she was just a really good mentor. And I felt like I could be the goofiest person with her, but also knew that at a drop of a hat, if I had a serious thing I needed to talk to her about, like she was one I could talk to, which I feel like is, you know, it's that's a that's a hard skill to have to be able to be this fun goofy person with people but then also be that person that they can confide in you know sometimes it's one or the other but she was both for me and so in fact even whenever as I got older and got into college and getting ready to graduate college and talking about like full-time jobs and things like that she wanted me to be like kind of take over her youth minister role which again, was like, that seems crazy. Like that's, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm equipped for it, but she was like, no, I think that you would be great. And so she, before the couple of years before she started thinking about like retiring, we were the two that Carol kind of took under her wing and kind of trained us and kind of let us see the behind the scenes of camp and planning. And there's actually a binder that she gave me that kind of went over like day camp or not day camp, um, camp resident camp like directing and stuff and so actually I still have that and I reference it often. Carol is still a very important person in my life. Like I said, we're still connected through the church and stuff, but every time I post something about, you know, my job now and working with the camp, she always has some comment to say, basically saying like I've found my people, like that is the perfect job and every time I see her in person, she's just like glowing with pride that I am in the position that I'm in because like she was like I've always known that like this is what you're meant for and they're so lucky to have you so Carol's awesome and I love her to death the second one is uh, Steve Bradford who I actually didn't become I actually didn't wasn't didn't know Steve until after my camp camper experience so at this point I'm now on the other side of camp staff experience he's just Another person kind of similar to Carol, where he's just fun, goofy, but again, I can confide in him. And we really bonded with camp and being camp counselors. And then one year, 
the camp director of our high school camp for our church. That was his last year. And everybody knew that that was, that was his last year. Also, everybody knew that Laura and I, my, my best friend, Laura and I wanted to take over that director role, but it's such a, and I'm sure it's the same in, in Girl Scouts because I have not really dealt with that necessarily, but it's such a finite, like weird thing to maneuver when a director, especially because it's a volunteer position, when one director is like leaving, it's like, do they appoint the next person? Does the youth minister appoint that? Like, do you just like say, so it was like, I didn't want to like, you know, rush in and be like, Doug's gone. I want to do it. You know, I felt like there had to be like, I was trying to tiptoe around it. Well, in that process, this other person came into the picture and was like, I want to be director. Well, Steve was a part of that conversation and Steve was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he had Laura and I's back and was like, these two girls have been like working their whole lives to get to this point. Like they need to be a part of it. And so with Steve having that conversation and basically standing up for us, it then became a four person director team <laughs> of Steve myself, Laura, and then that other person that kind of tried to sneak in before us. And so that that four-person director team we directed for a couple of years, it was awesome. Like, it seems it seemed excessive, but again, you know, in the church world, people aren't going to say no or like fire volunteers. And so it's like, all right, you four want to be directors? We'll figure it out. But I learned a lot those few years of directing with with four different people and four different personalities, even though I loved Steve and Laura's my best friend, like that doesn't mean we all have the same viewpoints, especially when it comes to bringing a camp and developing a camp into programs and all that for high schoolers. But Steve was always been kind of there. I was able to have moments where I could pull him aside and be like, listen, I'm gonna vent. I'm not needing you to fix it, but I just need to get it out of my system. And he's like, all right, go. <laughs> and so he he was really awesome. And I still keep in touch with him. We have dinners every now and then. And um, his sons are actually going to camp this summer. And a few years ago, Steve was there for me when we had a pretty much an issue with the church where we actually kind of were fired from being directors, which hurts, oh you know, goodness. like, yeah, it was it was tough. And it was one of those things where it's like, at that point, I had been working for Girl Scouts, and so I had been kind of in that position of working with different volunteers and understanding that, like, at the end of the day, yes, technically, like, they have that right, you know? If they're wanting to try something new, totally up to them in this full-time position. I When I first took PTO from working day camp at Girl Scouts to go work at <laughs> camp with the church, my supervisor, Jeff, was like, you're taking PTO to still go work at camp and I'm like yes exactly you put your heart and soul in it and then when they say like oh we don't we don't want you and then to add the layer of it being a church adds a whole nother spin to it so that was really tough but that was another part where Steve was there so we both kind of confided in each other in that moment and Laura my best friend Laura had moved so like she wasn't as affected because she was like already leaving um and so but yeah, so Steve, Steve's been a really important part of my life. And I always tell him if I, if I ever do find the right girl and I choose to settle down and get married, he's going to be the minister of my wedding. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's pretty important to me along with, with Carol McLaughlin for sure. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that a part of your camp story. I know a lot of people can definitely relate to um, a time when that chapter has closed on them, whether they wanted to or not. So thank you for sharing that. 
before we move on, I also have one more person that I can't like, we can't move past this without me saying thank you. My mom, and I'm sure a lot of people are very appreciative to their parents as well, but like my mom was so pivotal in just getting me out to camp and like being supportive of my love for the outdoors and camp and all the things like she's a superhero in that role for sure. And she was also a director for my day camp for many years because no one else would step up and she was the troop leader. So she was definitely very pivotal in my Girl Scout life. Wow. That's awesome. What is the most important lesson that you've learned while working at camp? You can't make everyone happy. That's something that I've come across in like in my position. Not every answer you have is going to make someone happy. And a lot of the times that's safety protocol and people aren't going to be super happy about that, but it is what it is. You know, being accepting is teaching people is how to be accepting and how to be open to new experiences and new people and all of that. Yeah. I think for me, you know, going through the years of being a camper and then now being on the staff side, that adjustment to being on the staff side and kind of seeing the different politics that come into play and stuff like that. And so I think the most important thing is like constantly reminding people the why. 100% of the time, it's the girls, it's the campers, it's whatever, whatever you're tailoring that program to. And I think that just unfortunately, and I do it too, like it is, I am not a perfect person. And it is, it's one of those things where if you get into the weeds of developing programs, and you're wanting it to be this perfect thing, are the girls going to like it? Like that's, that's what's important. Are the campers going to enjoy it? Like that is the why we're here. And I think that gets so lost with our volunteers and even paid staff. And so there's often times where it's like, pause, take that step back and remember like, you know, girls don't need a perfect program. They'll entertain themselves with bubbles and hula hoops, you know, as long as they're outside and they're having fun and they're being safe that that's what's important. And so that's kind of been the biggest thing that I've had to, I've had to learn myself, but then also had to have learn to teach others and remind others of that why. I would love to hear your funniest camp stories. As a camper or as staff or just in general? Camper <laughs> staff in general, whatever is the most hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Well, I have, I have a couple, but there's one troop camp out that comes to mind oh it, we had to be like early high school because there were only a handful and we were staying the night at camp Tonkawood in the lodge and i don't know who got the sock from one of the other girls but we got someone's socks and it was like the only pair of socks that she had for that weekend i i don't know why we got them wet and we put them in the freezer you know how in the freezer there's like those grates and it's just like the little like wires almost that you set stuff mm -hmm. on. We wove the sock through <sighs> that and left it overnight. And in the morning she was looking for her socks, couldn't find it. And like my mom, she was all for this. We were not trying to be mean. Like we were just in it for the laugh. But my mom was like, you might go look in the kitchen and oh my god she let out the biggest scream she was so mad immediately but like 
a minute later, we were all laughing. And then that same camp out, we ran my mom's underwear up the flagpole outside in that big stretch in front of the lodge. We ran my mom's uh, granny panties up the flagpole. And that was pretty good. So you guys were pranksters then. For me, the, the one that comes to mind is whenever I was actually a director for our high school camp for our church. That year, the theme was Ignite, like a fire. And the idea was, we had come up with this idea of having a campfire be lit and going the whole week of camp, day and night. And we were like, the whole point is, you know, we would we would assign cabins to shifts that they would have to come and watch the campfire and make sure it stays lit. So that included, you know, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. and so on and so forth. And they had to, you know, be b down by the campfire. We didn't know how it was going to go. And so, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, you can only plan so much for, for that type of thing. We went forward with it. That camp is five days long. So the first three days, we had shifts going day and night and we, staff were included. So like myself and the other directors, we took shifts to watch it. Like the whole point was that this little community that we were building that week was in charge of this campfire. But on the third day, nobody knew this except for staff. We were purposely going to put it out because that was part of that lesson that day. But we were going to make it seem like it was an accident. We have no idea who did it, who was in charge of that shift. It took a while. You know, you have this like scolding hot fire that's been running for, for multiple days. And so we put it out. And that whole day, like the, the campers were so mad, which like this sounds like a terrible story because we like made campers mad. But like we knew that it's like, okay, that's good because that means they're going to get so much more out of this lesson that we're going to talk about tomorrow, which was like, you know, talking about like rising from the ashes and all the all the cliches that you can think of but that was probably one of my favorite things from the staff side of being able to be like oh my gosh like we've orchestrated this thing but it made it look like it was an accident and these campers are just having the worst day <laughs> of their lives <laughs> they're like we stayed up all night and watched that campfire for no reason and how quickly they were turning to try to like figure out who it was to blame. And they're just like, sometimes that just happens though. But that was probably one of my favorite moments. The next statement that I have is a fill in the blank statement. It's when I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. I mean, when I think about my camp experience, never did I think I would have a career <laughs> working at camp. I still have moments where I'll be walking to my car at the end of the day at camp and I'll just stop and be like, this is my office. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I definitely have those moments too, especially out at camp. Like, wow, I get to be here every day whenever I want. Never did I think that I would, I would be managing a staff. I really never thought that would be in the cards for me. There's a lot of pride that I have, like, in my staff and for my staff. And there's a lot of love there as well. Do you guys have a favorite camp song? Absolutely. Growing yep. up in my church, I was the campfire leader, the known um, at my campfire. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this question. I was waiting for it. Okay, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big campfire person. And it does think that like, we don't do a lot of singing in the adventure staff. And 
I know day camps do singing, but they don't really have like campfires like residential camps have. And it's just a different experience. But anyway, so my favorite camp song is Little Red Wagon. Ooh, oh boy, I get into that one for sure. See, and I feel, Lauren, I feel the same. The day camps do not get the same experience as resident camps. Growing up, like my troop was, we were the song troop. We taught all the girls all the songs. We kind of carried that torch. And I feel like after us, it kind of faded a little bit. I love the bog song. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, it's so long and it takes so much breath, but it's so much fun. That is a really good one. I love that. So I grew up with residence camp. So our camp meals were like cafeteria meals. But now being with the Girl Scouts for as long as I have and going on as many camp trips as I have, I also do have a favorite camp meal that's like over the fire. So, but as far as like over a fire, my new favorite one is making personal pan pizzas. I've made them a couple of times, but last summer we went up and did boundary waters and we made them when I was on the water. And it was like, I'm sure it was also just cause you know, we hadn't really been eating or we're, we're using muscles that we have not used and exerting ourselves. So, but that pizza was the best. And I've had it twice now, a couple of our other camp outs and man, pizza, personal pan pizza over a fire you just can't beat walking tacos are a staple so i feel like that just makes it onto my favorites list just because but i really love spaghetti over a campfire something about the like campfire smoke in that spaghetti so good so good (laughs) huh i've never had that before is it you just prepare spaghetti like you would in a kitchen just over an open flame we always started like making a ton of hamburger meat and then the sauce and then like adding the noodles and whatnot. But yeah, it was super simple. Same way you make it on the stove, just over a fire. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Uh, my favorite is campfire cones. It's literally just a little like waffle cone with marshmallows, chocolate. We always put strawberries in it or bananas so good wrap it in tin foil throw it on the fire delicious absolutely we would do those with pudding i would have to say anything with water so i'm a i've grown up being kind of a water baby i've always you know we had a pool growing up and then just water was always calling my name so and then i became lifeguard so canoeing kayaking swimming any of those things, that's that's probably my fave. You know, immediately, like, my first thought is the tower. I just, I love the tower at Camp Schooner. There's so much programming that goes on there, and I feel like it's kind of the heart of camp. Like, that's the first thing you see. That's what you remember camp by. And I really love our ropes programs. So, yeah, the tower has my heart. Who should I interview next? I think you should interview Keith. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Keith would be... Great interesting person to interview and he has such love for camp in the outdoors as well Keith actually used to be our site manager at our daisy property which was our resident camp okay so he kind of he has you know a viewpoint from both resident and day camp and property is yeah and property yeah I haven't had like a camp ranger on the podcast yet so that would be really good to to have that kind of view as well 
So yeah. awesome. Well, is there anything exciting that's happening in your guys' lives that you'd like to promote or share with our listeners? I mean, we're still hiring for adventure staff always. Uh, and we have staff led camps coming up, which are new. Those are going to be super exciting. And then as always, we offer programming all year round. So I'm just excited for summer to be coming up and day camps to be out there all the time. Awesome. Well, I will definitely link all of that in the show notes so they can check out the council programs. And if they want to be on adventure staff or apply, they know the link to be able to get there and do that. Yeah, they can just contact my email. Yeah, my email is just L-B-O-L-T, so L-B-O-L, at org. Yeah, and same here my email is a schmidt at gskmo.org so that's a s c h m i d t at gskmo and then if you want to be besties and find me on instagram my instagram is a period e period schmidt awesome (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing that yeah we've definitely got some more social media stuff going so yeah i know our listeners would love to be able to connect with you as much as they can so thank you I didn't think about social media because I'm yeah. older. So. No, <laughs> you need to follow Instagram because you. I have an Instagram and TikTok that I'm very proud of. If I'm not, if I'm gonna be honest, and they are both Laura Bolt, so L A U R B O L T, for both oh Instagram and TikTok. Yes, Laura Bolt. That's my personal TikTok. But then I also have created a TikTok specifically for just camp stuff in our council it's not affiliated with our council but yeah that's called day camp daily which is on tiktok awesome yeah that's the one that i was like looking at when yeah you put that in the yeah. information i was like this is good stuff i should get a tiktok but i still haven't done it yet but i know our listeners will totally be all over that because they're all about the tiktok and everything so you'll have to make some appearance in some of our tiktok this summer. <laughs> oh i would love to <laughs> Teach me how to TikTok. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So awesome. Do you guys have any final comments or thoughts that you would like to share while you're on the Camp Kids podcast? I just love that you do this. And I, I love that there's a community for camp people. Um, I always knew that it existed, but really coming into a role that it's like my career, I've been in touch with and gotten connected with a lot of other things and Facebook groups and you know, other things. And so it's really cool to see how many camp people we really do have out in the world. And I hope that test, test, test. All right, camp kids, that was lightning and ladybug. Make sure to contact them. If you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes, if you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like share and subscribe. Let's keep our camp kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can find our podcast. Next week, I've got a big interview coming up with someone whose content I share on the Instagram account all the time. So be prepared for this awesome one. That's all that I have for you guys today. But remember that this is good night and not goodbye.